Entrepreneur on Fire 747. The only danger is not to evolve. Where are they now? Where would they like to be a year from now? And how can we make that happen? The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Working with an individual graphic designer has its limitations. Timing is one. Want dozens of designs to choose from in just seven days? Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. Wish you and your accountant or bookkeeper were on the same page? When you use Zero, you are. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at zero.com slash podcasts. That's X-E-R-O dot com slash podcasts. Entrepreneurs near and far. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Sam Horn. Sam, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared to ignite and I hope these entrepreneurs are ready to get on fire. Let's go, John. Love it, Sam. Sam, the intrigue expert, is a TEDx speaker who coaches entrepreneurs and executives how to craft concise, compelling communications that connect. Her clients include Intel, KPMG, Cisco, NASA, Boeing, and EO. Her books, Pop, Tung Fu, and the upcoming Got Your Attention have been featured in Fast Company, New York Times, and endorsed by Seth Godin and Ken Blanchard. Sam, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight. So take a minute, share a little bit about you personally, and then expound upon the biz. You know, thank you, John. It's uh, You're right. I believe in a kind of a yin-yang kind of personal professional uh, blend. So here's a little bit personally. Cool. I'm the proud mom of two sons. One, Tom, works at Johnson Space Center at uh, Houston. Yes, that we have a problem, Houston. <laughs> so he loves that. And then my other son is a social entrepreneur who works out of uh, New York City and founded Dreams for Kids. Love it. Love it. By the way, we don't stop there. Here, we'll go on one more. Both of them have <laughs> wonderful ladies in their life because this is for entrepreneurs. So Andrew is with Mickey Agrawal, who is a fantastic entrepreneur, has a farm-to-table restaurant called Wild with Tony Shea of Zappos and oh, wow. founded something called Thinks and uh, has a great book out from HarperCollins. And uh, Tom's wife, Patty, has the world's best job description. You ready? Yes, Astronaut scheduler. (laughs) (laughs) As long as that includes all you can eat astronaut ice cream, I'm in. Well, see, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems like, Sam, you have quite the entrepreneurial family, which is truly exciting. So share a little bit about your biz. You know, as Intrigue Agency, we help entrepreneurs and executives craft compelling messages and uh, books and TED Talks so that they can really connect with who they want to connect with. You want a quick example? Yes, please. One of my favorite entrepreneurs, in fact, someone who really disrupted the travel industry is Terry Jones, who founded Travelocity Chair of Kayak. And so when it was time for Terry to write a book, we had an opportunity to work together, figure out what his legacy message was, and he put it in a brilliant book called On Innovation. So that's just one of the things we do at Intrigue Agency. Well, Sam, I'm really excited to dive into your journey specifically as an entrepreneur because it is a fascinating one. But before we do, we always start our show with a success quote. So share that with us and how you apply it to your life. You know, and we are uh, we are fellow lovers of quotes, John. And so of all the ones I know, my favorite is from Catherine Graham of the Washington Post. And she said, to do what you love 
and feel that it matters. How could anything be more fun? Well, I think what could be more fun is to do what you love, feel that it matters, do it with people you enjoy and respect, and get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So actually, how I apply it to my life, and I think as entrepreneurs, we can apply it to our business, it's a checklist. Are we doing work we love? Does it matter? Are we doing it with people we enjoy and trust? And are we getting paid for it? If so, that's what an entrepreneur is. I love the theme and the table you've already set, Sam, for this interview. And it's really powerful for Fire Nation to be absorbing what you're saying. You know, we do need to do what we're passionate about, what we love. But at the same time, it needs to be a viable business if we're going to have the longevity that we need and should want to really create the impact that we have the opportunity to. So great stuff, Sam. And let's transition now to your journey and take the spotlight and turn it to a time that you failed, that you struggled or had a major obstacle to overcome, Sam. Your choice, your story, but my request is for you to take us there to that moment in time and then let's really analyze the lessons you learned. When I was thinking about what is a failure, what is a a mistake I made, a bad business decision, I actually did two at the same time simultaneously. (laughs) Yikes! (laughs) And, you know, when I think about it, number one, I took on a client for the money. My gut was raving red flags, and I ignored those red flags. And then I worked with someone at the same time who promised to make me a lot of money, and I did not do my due diligence. I did not check out his track record. And, you know, the relationships both were problematic from the beginning. And my lesson learned, John, is that if something is high maintenance in the beginning, it never gets any better. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and both of these relationships dragged out over a year because I kept trying to salvage it. And what I learned was if you're operating in integrity and the other person isn't, they will take you to the cleaners because they're willing to do things you won't, like they're willing to lie and you won't. They're willing to break promises and you're not. You know, you're acting with a conscience and they're not. And my lesson learned was walk from that relationship or refund that money because trying to salvage something that is sunk cost is a no-win. So Fire Nation, in the first situation, Sam was being paid a lot of money. In the second situation, she was being promised that she would make a lot of money. And you know what? Neither one of those things are individually bad, but the problem was her gut, her intuition was raving, was waving that red flag. And So many times, Sam, over these last 400, sorry, 746 interviews that I've now done with Entrepreneur Fire, it's when the guests don't follow their intuition, when they ignore those red flags that are being waved, that these mistakes and these failures and these missteps happen over and over again. But then on the flip side, when that intuition is just beaming and the and the flag turns green and it's go, 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 that's when these aha moments and these, success, these successes seem to happen. And I'd love to ask you a specific question here. And this is kind of more towards hiring because, you know, you are kind of talking about how, you know, as soon as you make that realization, it's time to walk away. And I know a lot of our listeners here today are building a team and they're adding virtual assistants and, you know, actual people to their business every single day. And a phrase that I hear over and over again is hire slow and fire fast. And in fact, the first time that you should let go of somebody that's part of your organization is the first time you think about it. And my question to you, Sam, is have you had any experience in this area? And if so, what are your thoughts? 
This is this is excellent. In fact, isn't it? Harvey McKay said that when he interviewed CEOs, that they agreed that was all their biggest mistake, is that they they spent a disproportionate amount of time trying to turn around uh, a bad apple, so to speak, and they ignored all the employees who were doing their job, and 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 they you know they spent all this time trying to turn around someone who wasn't. So my. Let's see. When it when it comes to an employee who is underperforming, I believe in um, holding them accountable. And first, we say, were these expectations outlined at the outset? Because maybe an employee is coming in late or something like that. Well, maybe we never told them in the beginning, hey, when we say 8 o'clock, we don't mean on the property at 8 o'clock getting a cup of coffee. We mean <laughs> at your desk handling calls. So, if we didn't make the expectations clear at the beginning and enforce them, then I think we say a mea culpa. You know, it's my fault. At the beginning, I didn't, I didn't set these standards. From now on, it's going to be different. And we put metrics on it and we hold them accountable. And when we're hiring people, I think the single best thing we can do to kind of glean whether someone is going to be able to perform is to ask specific situations of the real-life challenges that they're going to encounter. So what do you do if you have a customer who's yelling at you? You know, what do you do if you've left three messages and no one's gotten back? What do you do, you know, if a, if a client interrupts you and tell you it's a no-go? Because if they can't answer those real-life questions in an interview, chances are they're not going to be able to do them <laughs> on the job. No, I love that. And my biggest takeaway is that last point you made, Sam, is that you need to ask specific questions of real life situations. I mean, that is so critical to put your potential and your future employees, virtual assistants, team members on the spot and see how they react to them because it's not going to change just because you hire them. They're either going to know it or they're not at that point. And Sam, let's continue to move forward and go now to the other end of the spectrum, which is an epiphany, an aha moment, a light bulb that you had gone off at some point in your journey. And I mean, of course, I mean, you've written two amazing books, a third's upcoming. You've done so many amazing things. You've had a ton of these light bulb moments, but I want you to pick a story for Fire Nation of one that really stands out and then share with us the steps you took, Sam, to turn that idea into success. Hmm. When I think about a, a light bulb moment, I think it happened at 30,000 feet, John. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was reading Inc. Magazine and they interviewed John Oranger, the founder of Shutterstock. And of course, he's a billionaire now. He can do anything he wants, right? And yet when they asked him what's next, guess what he said? Work. <laughs> he said, I'm going to become a better speaker. Oh, wow. And, and I was really, uh, it was an epiphany for me because, you know, you have thousands of entrepreneurs that listen to this. And chances are maybe they don't need to make more money right now if they're already successful. Maybe they don't need to start another business, maybe. And they're wondering what's next. And what I loved about his response is because he seemed to intrinsically understand that if we really want to scale our impact, we're going to identify our EEE. That's our experience, our epiphanies, and our expertise. And we're going to turn them into a legacy message. And we're going to pass on our lessons learned so that they can add value for others. And the, the only thing kind of that I've done to turn that into something really special is that I believe that the world doesn't need another speaker on leadership. 
know, the world doesn't need another speaker on teamwork or sales. I mean, there's so many that it's our responsibility to come up with a one of a kind legacy message, a first of its kind legacy message. And that's what I help people do. Scale our impact. Fire Nation, those three words are, to put frankly, pretty impactful because that's what you're going to get to as an entrepreneur. You're going to get to the point where you can say, okay, now I'm at this point. How can I leverage? How can I scale the impact that I'm having in my industry, in my niche, on my followers, on my clients? And I love those three E's, Sam, so I have to just repeat them one more time. That's experience, epiphanies, and expertise. I mean, to me, that's just like two great takeaways from this aha moment that you had at 30,000 feet uh, flying in the air. (laughs) What would you want Fire Nation to walk away with if you could just share with us one clear lesson from that experience? Is to ink it when you think it. You know, as entrepreneurs, we make our living from our mind. And so often we'll see something and we think, wow, I should put that in a blog or we'll see something and think, oh, I should mention that at my staff meeting. And, you know, they don't call them fleeting thoughts for nothing, right? Right. (laughs) So it is, we make our living from our mind. And when something occurs to us, we've got to write it down, put it in Evernote, keep a journal with you. If we jot the thoughts when they're hot, if we muse it, we won't lose it and we We can't connect the dots if we don't collect the dots. So collect those dots, write it down. It'll be there forever. I love all this. And Sam, you had your aha moment, one of your many, at 30,000 feet. And for me, I actually live right on a bay here in San Diego. So in the evenings, I get to go out and I do stand-up paddleboarding. Sup for all of you paddleboarders out there. And I'll tell you what, it's peaceful, it's quiet. And I've had more than my share of aha moments on that paddleboard, which is frustrating because typically I was just in a bathing suit and maybe a tank top. And I'm like, oh my God, it's a fleeting thought. I need to, what can I do here? So I actually went out and I got scuba diving writing gear, stuff you can write underwater so I could take it with me. So if I fell off my paddleboard, It wouldn't be ruins. And I just love their saying at the bottom, no more great thoughts down the drain. Because it's also for for people in the shower. So it's like perfect to like have in the shower, have when you're like out on a paddleboard and my aha moments never go down the drain. See, John, I love that you know that this isn't frivolous, is it? No. I mean, this, this is you, here you are out on your paddleboard in your shorts, and yet you understood that if you, those are golden, uh, gifts that the muse is giving you, or that something coalesces and pops in your mind, right? And if you don't write it down, we're abdicating an opportunity to elevate our work because those are the crystallized ideas that essentially catapult our thinking, right? Love it. Golden gifts. I mean, Sam, you just have a way with words and you've had a way of just really doing some incredible things in your life. So you have a lot of these moments, but I'd like you to take a second now and share with Fire Nation your proudest entrepreneurial moment. My proudest moment, I think it was when I was invited to speak at YPO. That's Young Presidents Organization. This was their international convention in Dublin, Ireland. And there's Sir Ken Robinson, you know, number one rated TED Talk. And there's Mitch Album Tuesdays with Maury's. And yet uh, my session that I did on how to turn an elevator speech into an elevator connection, not only was it the top rake session, but here's what happened before it. There was an entrepreneur who came up to me and he owned an IT company in Silicon Valley. And he said, Sam, I'm going to tell you something I don't confess to many people. 
He said, I'm an introvert. He said, I fly around the world to these conferences and then I hang out in my hotel room because I just hate chit chat. <laughs> he says, it's so awkward. I never know how to explain what I do. And I said, do you want to play? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, sure. So I said, what are the results of what you do? Don't tell me what you do. No, what are the results? And he started talking about financial software and computers and credit cards. And my light bulb went off. I said, oh, I said, do you make the software that makes it safe for us to buy things online? He said, yes. <laughs> I said, don't say that. He said, don't say that. <laughs> I said, you know, if people ask us what we do and we tell them, they go, oh, it's kind of the end of the conversation. I said, turn it into a three-part question. He said, why not a one-part question? I said, because if you say, do you ever buy things online? And they say, no, I hate it. End of the conversation. So I said, how about if you said, do you know anyone, yourself, friend, family member who likes to shop online? Could be eBay, Travelocity, Amazon, and then put a sock in it. And they're going to say, oh, well, I hate that stuff. But my wife's on Amazon. She loves the free shipping. Now, just link what you do to what they just said. Oh, I make the software that makes it safe for your wife to buy stuff on Amazon. Oh, their eyebrows go up. They get what you do. They relate to it. They remember it. But here is the part you asked, the proudest moment. He kind of got misty-eyed. And I said, "What? what's going on? He said, I can't wait to get home. And I, I said, why? He said, I can finally explain to my eight-year-old son what it is I do in a way that he'll understand it. <laughs> you know, as entrepreneurs, we get asked this all the time, don't we, John? Oh, what yes. do you do? And here's the question I'm asking everyone listening in. When people ask you that, do you tell them? Because if you tell them, they either are confused and confused people don't say yes, <laughs> or they get it, but they don't want it, or they get it, but they don't remember it. If, if we turn it into a three-part question and we actually listen to what the other person says and then kind of confirm that commonality we have, we just have a hook on which to hang a meaningful conversation, and now we have a connection instead of a dead end. So, Sam, I'm actually pretty excited because, A, that was amazing, and thank you for sharing that with Fire Nation, and B, during our pre-interview chat, you said, you know, John, if something like comes up that you kind of want to spitball back and forth during the interview, like, I'd love to do it. So, thank you for opening up that door because, let me tell you, in San Diego here, there's a great car service called Lyft, L-Y-F-T. And I jump in that Lyft all the time to go to the airport, to go to the bars, to meet some friends at their house, wherever it might be. And every time I get in that, in that car, you know, these people are just entrepreneurs that are driving other people. It's like a ride-sharing service. They're really friendly and they want to get their five-star rating. It's really important. So they engage you. And so they always ask me, John, what do you do? And I got to be honest with you, I struggle um, sharing that with them. Number one, only three out of 10 people in the United States have even heard of the word podcast. And number two, I really try to struggle on how I can position it. So can we work on this, this three-part question with me? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> <laughs> so how do we start? Okay. Number one is that we're going to ask a question, not do you listen to podcasts? Because as you, you know, the stats on that three right. out of 10. So the answer would probably be seven out of 10 times. No, right? Right. <laughs> 
So I am going to go to, do you know anyone, could be yourself, a friend, or a family member, member, who has a small business, who is an entrepreneur, who really has something of value to offer, and the business isn't getting the traction it deserves. It's not attracting the clients they deserve. It's not making the money it deserves. Absolutely. Because they're probably going to say, well, that would be me. That's my <laughs> sister. She has a deli. Or that's my, that's my brother. He has a dry cleaners. Or that's my, he has a web design, right? And see, you listen, John, because I, you're really, really good at thinking on your feet. So if you ask that kind of open-ended question that gives them so many different places to go, they're going to come back with, let's just say, oh, yeah, it's my brother-in-law. You know, he's a web designer and he's like really, really good at what he does, but you know, he struggles to pay his business. Bills. Then what? Let's play. What would you say after that? I say, well, you know, actually, just three weeks ago, I interviewed this great entrepreneur who started an agency of web designers, and they're using these three specific tactics to really grow their business. Okay, can can we play? Yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> okay. I told you I'm bad at this. Well, well, you know, so here's the thing. They don't teach us this in school, right? We get math, science, we get history, but no one ever says, here's how to introduce yourself. You're going to be asked this thousands of times the rest of your life, right. but we're not going to tell you how. <laughs> okay, so here's what you do. Next time around, use the word imagine. You know, so when they say, oh, it's my brother-in-law, he's got this web design business, say, Man, imagine what it would be like if he had like a free source, uh, a community of best practicers and best practices where he could learn how to get the clients he deserves or where he could learn, you know, how to make the money or he could learn how to get more visible. So pose another question, right, with the word imagine. Because see, the word imagine pulls people out of their preoccupation. Now they're picturing your point. They're kind of seeing what you're saying, right? Absolutely. So imagine if, well, there we go. Imagine, (laughs) imagine if your follow-up was imagine, wouldn't it be wonderful if he could, or would he be interested, or wouldn't it be great if he, and now you put a sock in it again, and the other person is probably going to say something like, really? He could do that for free? (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have to pay for that, right? And then what would you say next? I said, well, I have a interview show where I do just that, ask questions to entrepreneurs to pull those answers out, that would be really helpful for your brother. You know, that's great. And we're going to we're gonna make it even more stronger, compelling, no, convincing. Let's just say, say that's okay. And we're going to make it great. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yes. You just said in 10 words what I was about to say in 50. Perfect. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, okay. Now we go to credibility. And credibility is about a track record. So when they say, oh my gosh, you mean he can get all that for free? You would come in with metrics. You would say, yeah, not only can he get it free, you know, I've been doing this for more than, what What are your metrics, John? How many people listen to you on a weekly basis? So we have over 10 million downloads to date. We did 973,000 unique listens just last month of September. <laughs> <laughs> I would call that pretty good precedence and evidence and social proof. <laughs> yes. So do you see how now, and and pr- one of the most important things of this, John, look, 
You've got a dialogue. This isn't a monologue anymore, right? You actually have a conversation back and forth. You're customizing this in real time so it's relevant to them. They're not listening to us. Wah, 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 wah. And this has all happened like in under 60 seconds. (laughs) See, Fire Nation, this is exactly why 747 episodes ago, I started an interview-based podcast, interview inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, because these were the type of questions and these were the type of answers that I wanted to get myself. And then I said, well, why not have the opportunity to share them with you know anybody who wanted to listen to in the world? And Sam, you just nailed it. I mean, do we close this down? Like, how do we kind of tie a loop in this? You say, oh, not only is it free, because see, we always use a key word of what they said. Because, you know, so many people say, oh, I haven't seen you for a long time. What have you been up to? Oh, I've been on a sabbatical. Oh, I took a sabbatical a couple of years ago. Right, right? taking we the spotlight and just totally. right? So if he says you, he can get all this for free, you would say not only can he get it free, you know, t- uh, 10 million people, you know, have actually gotten this information free over the last couple of years. And, you know, if you would be interested, see, we're not hard sell, right? We're not pushy. We're not alienating people by forcing ourselves on them. It's, you know, if you'd be interested, I'd be glad to give you my card, you know, and uh, you can go ahead and direct them to it. You can find it on the website, check it out. So see, we make an offering. <laughs> where they have the autonomy to follow up if they choose so they don't feel like we're cornering them and uh, uh, pushing ourselves upon them. So Fire Nation, you can see why Sam fits the criteria of an inspiring and successful entrepreneur and a guest on our show. So Sam, thank you for taking the time to do that. And as a, as a host, as a broadcast host, I want to take the spotlight and turn it back on to you and, and bring things to present times because you have a lot of exciting things going on right now. But if you could just share with us, Fire Nation, the one thing that has you most fired up, what would it be? I'm really excited about my new book that's coming out early 2015. Um, and it's based on something that Harvard Business School researcher Nancy Cohen found. I, I hope you're sitting down, John. Are you okay. sitting down? Uh, I'm actually, I'm at a standing desk, but I'll, I'll brace myself. <laughs> okay, brace yourself. She found that, wait for it, goldfish. Yes, goldfish have longer attention spans than we do. No. Nine seconds to hour. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Google found if a website takes longer than four tenths of a second to upload, people are already impatient and moving on. So see, we live in this kind of age of impatience and attention bankruptcy and infobesity. And so the name of my new book is Got Your Attention? How to Create Intrigue and Connect with Anyone. And uh, I've put everything I've learned about how to capture and keep people's, busy people's attention in this book. And so I'm very excited about it. Well, that is incredibly exciting stuff. And Fire Nation, if you've been listening to Sam throughout, you know that she brings the heat. She brings the value without. So definitely go check that out. And not to mention her other two, which we're going to get to in a second here. And Sam... We are about to enter the lightning round, but before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. As entrepreneurs and small business owners, we have a lot on our plate. Everything from making sure we have the right systems in place to making sure our accounting is in good hands are top priorities. What if I told you I knew of an online accounting software that was born in the cloud so you can manage your accounting anytime from anywhere? It's called Zero, and it's the online accounting software and platform for your small business. That's X-E-R-O. With Zero, it doesn't matter if your business is brick and mortar or online. Either way, Zero gives you access to manage your invoices, 
expenses, track your expenses, and even process mobile payments on the go. Did I mention they're one of the few platforms that helps with cash flow management too? See for yourself. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at zero.com slash podcast. That's X-E-R-O dot com slash podcast. Special bonus. Zero will randomly select five people per month who sign up for a trial to receive a mystery box of goodies from a business that already swears by zero. Back in the late 1900s, when weblogs began to appear, authors had little to say over how content was displayed. Full posts appeared in chronological order and blocked text beneath a banner with either a right or left sidebar. That was it. These days, you need to make every visit count. Your homepage is your point of contact with both first-time and repeat visitors, so you want it to be visually appealing and easy to navigate. Remember, your website visitors don't have a ton of patience. You only have a few seconds to hold their attention. Luckily, we have 99designs to help us make our sites both beautiful and user-friendly. 99designs is the world's largest marketplace for graphic design and gives you access to over 900,000 talented designers. So whether you're looking for an eye-catching website design, a sleek new banner ad, or icons to help you drive more traffic to your site, 99designs can help. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. That's 99designs.com slash fire. Fire. Sam, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Uh, let's rock and roll. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? You know, John, I thought you had to be an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had to have all your ducks in a row before you go, right? <laughs> and so this was, I was working for an organization called Open University here in D.C. And my job was to read the paper. And here was someone who sailed around the world. Let's put on a class. Here was the world's expert on ghosts. Let's put on a class. One day, I saw the word concentration six different times on the front page of the sports section. And I thought, we all wish we could concentrate better. I have never seen a book on this topic. I've never even heard anyone speak on it. I decided to put together a course on that because do you know what my epiphany was? You don't have to be an expert. You just have to have access to experts, attribute what you learn from them, and then curate it so that you are offering a collection of curated wisdom. I put on a course on concentration. 16 people walked up afterwards, said, please come speak at my company or convention. That launched my speaking career. Love that, Sam. And what is the best advice you've ever received? You know, it's from my dad. Uh, when I was ready to go to college, everyone was saying, be a lawyer, be a doctor to use your mind. And I didn't want to be a doctor or lawyer. I'd grown up playing sports and I wanted to study recreation administration. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was telling me it was a joke career. What was I going to study underwater basket weaving? <laughs> <laughs> and my dad gave me a Goethe or W.H. Murray's quote about boldness has genius in it. And my dad said, Sam, when you can't make your mind up of the options available, always pick the bolder of the two. And that has been what I've done ever since is I pick the bolder option and it sets your serendestiny in motion when you do that. Wow. Share one of your personal habits, Sam, that you believe contributes to your success. You know, guess what? We brought it up and I'm going to reiterate it one more time because I think you and I share the, the absolute conviction of the role that this plays in, uh, expanding our impact. And that is to ink it when we think it. I, I hope 
as a result of this call, let's say, how about you and I are on a mission, okay, John? Yes, <laughs> love it. Okay, as a result of this call, I mean, I helped start and run the Maui Writers Conference for 17 years, and I don't care whether it was Frank McCourt or whether it was Nicholas Sparks or whoever, they didn't agree on anything except this, ink it when you think it, is that if if you get an insight or an observation and you think, boy, that I should remember that. You will not remember it if you don't write it down. And as soon as we start collecting those dots, we will start collecting more dots. And you know from yourself, it will catapult your creativity. It will help you be on the leading edge of your industry if you ink it when you think it. Love that theme. And Sam, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? You know, I bet this is, well, we're using it right now. We're using the audio version. I, John, I'm a, I'm a woman on a mission about recommending that people use video Skype. And I call it the three C's of video Skype. The first one is Harvard Business Review recently did an article about what people are doing in conference calls. Did you see that by any chance? No. <laughs> Prepare yourself, John. I am. Okay, 63% are sending emails while on a conference call, 55% are eating or making food, 43% are checking social media, but here are my favorite. Others confessed I was out getting a tan, I was at a wedding rehearsal, I was at a waste track, I was at a pool in Las Vegas, and my favorite, I was chasing my dog down the street because she got out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> So see, we're entrepreneurs, you know, maybe we're trying to close a deal with a client, um, you know, overseas. Maybe we are uh, discussing a funding pitch or something with someone on the other side of the country. If we're emailing or if we are talking on the phone, chances are they're distracted. Confused people don't say yes. So a video Skype not only gives us that face-to-face connection, which is a competitive edge, it gives us context. If we state our fee and we see the other person's, the other person's face fall, you know, we can get creative in real time and say, well, you know what? If that's not in your budget, you know, let's figure out how we can make this work because I want to work with you. I hope you want to work with me. That will never happen in an email and it may not happen in a phone call. So a video Skype, I think, is one of the single best things we can do to create a connection in our age of alienation. Confused people don't say yes, Fire Nation. I love that. And Sam, if you could recommend one book to go along on our show notes page with Pop, Tung Fu, and Got Your Attention, what would it be and why? I hope everyone goes out and gets a copy of Susie Welch's 10, 10, 10. And here's why. As entrepreneurs, we're constantly pulled in different directions. You know, we face conundrums and there's no clear answer unless we have a construct for clarity. And that's what Susie's book does. You know, she says, when you're facing a decision, ask yourself, what are the consequences of this in 10 minutes? What are the consequences of this in 10 months? What are the consequences of this in 10 years? And what I found, John, here's a 20-second example. A friend recently had a health challenge, and she asked if I could come spend some time. My 10-minute decision was I couldn't because I had three locked-in commitments I couldn't back out of. You know, we always honor our commitments, right? But then I looked at 10 months, 
and I looked at 10 years, and I realized I would always regret if I did not honor my friend's request. That prompted me to get in touch with my clients, explain the situation. They were so gracious about rescheduling, and I don't know if I would have had that clarity if I hadn't had Susie Welch's 10-10-10 book. Wow. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like Susie Welsh's 101010 at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com for free. And Sam, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Okay, now I'm going to date myself here, John. Did you see the movie Graduate by any chance? Yes, I actually did. Good. Do you remember when that man put his arm around Dustin Hoffman's shoulder and he says, I have one word for you. Remember what he said? I don't remember that. Plastics. (laughs) (laughs) John, I have one word for you. Ready? Okay. Videos. Videos. (laughs) Videos. And here's why is that number one, you know, they're the number two search um, engine and so forth. But here's more importantly, do you know who Neil Gaiman is by any chance? He wrote The Game. Ah, okay. And he also wrote Sandman. And he also gave a commencement speech a couple years ago at the University of Arts. Now, there's a couple hundred people in the audience. This is kind of a small school. But guess what? There was video there because Neil Gaiman talked about how when his book Sandman came out, Stephen King got in touch and said, this is a brilliant book. You're going to have an incredible career. I have three words of advice for you. Enjoy the ride. And Neil confessed to these grads. I promptly went out and ignored that advice for the next 17 years. And I worried. I worried about the next story. I worried about the critics. I worried about... And I finally asked myself, what can I control? What can I control? And he said three words, make good art. Make good art. Because there was a video there, there wasn't a ceiling on his impact. His message didn't stop with 200 people. That video went viral within a week. It's been seen by millions of people. It was turned into a best-selling book for grads. On an island, if I've got a laptop and I've got internet, I can make videos and everything I've learned, observed that might have value for others, there's no barriers to entry. We get to share it. And I think it's a way that we can serve, if one word, videos. Wow. Sam, Let's end today literally on fire with you sharing just one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, thank you, John. Okay, one parting piece of advice and then where people can find out more. Uh, I, I like reading Vanity Fair and there was a double issue called How the Web Was Won. And they interviewed Vince Cerf and, and Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and they interviewed Jeff Bezos of Amazon. And he told this great story where he said, um, you know, everyone was a naysayer, said this is never going to work. You're not going to make money on a $15 book. Well, it was successful from the beginning. And Jeff said that he and a colleague were actually on the shipping room floor packing up books that first week. And uh, his colleague looked at him and he said, oh, 
Jeff, my back, it's killing me, my knees, it's killing me. And Jeff thinks about it for a moment and he looks at him and he says, I know, let's get knee pads. <laughs> his, his colleague looks at him and says, no, Jeff, let's get packing tables. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff Bezos said the only danger is not to evolve. And if I have any parting advice, and it's what I hope I do with my audiences and clients, is that to always evolve. You know, where are they now? Where would they like to be a year from now? And how can we make that happen? So if people would like maybe to see my TEDx talk or see some videos or articles I've written, they can go to IntrigueAgency.com. So it's I-N-T-R-I-G-U-E, Agency, A-G-E-N-C-Y, IntrigueAgency.com. And I hope they really find uh, those articles and videos and so forth interesting and useful, and they're able to put them to use and get some real-world results. Uh, Well, thank you for today, Sam, because Fire Nation knows that they are the average of the five people they spend the most time with. And Fire Nation, you've been hanging out with Sam and myself today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Sam in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up. And Sam, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John, and kudos to you for all you do on behalf of entrepreneurs. Fire Nation, podcasting has given me the freedom to live life on my own terms. Join Kate and I on our free podcast workshop and we'll spark your passion. Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 